Let's just, we just need to test our comedy energies. All right. Just, it's, I don't know if you've ever been to the, uh, to the, to the performing arts school of Scottsdale, Arizona. You're right. But this is how they teach it. You just have to drone. What? Well, Look straight ahead and just drone. 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 We got it. Drone. Bogota listeners, and welcome to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John. And Bogota to you, Henry. Oh, Bogota indeed. So, uh, how are you, Henry? I think that's a country? Bogota. There we go, yeah, Bogota. Bogota. That's how they say hello. That's how they say hello in Bogota. Bogota. I'm doing quite swell. Nice! How are you? I'm also doing pretty all right good you know life's happening uh for good and for ill but as long as it continues to happen that's really all i can ask for better than the alternative of being a weird space angel that can see all the cosmos i don't want to be a space angel too late what (laughs) anyway yep so uh how was your day my day was long and full of talking nice who'd you talk to the president yes (laughs) no i've been talking to clients a lot of people from uh nepal Mm. A lot of people from uh, South American countries. You know, from what I understand, at this unnamed university, which we both attended, there are a bunch of Nepalese students this year. The the International Student Community Board Program did a really big outreach, outreach in Southwest Asia. Mm-hmm. And the result is, yeah, there's a really big Nepal community here now. And that's cool. I, uh... I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive. Too late. But how come they always come in waves? Oh. Like, the, the international student community, a couple years ago, it was Vietnamese students. Yeah. And now it's Nepalese students. I, I honestly, I don't know. The only thing I can really think of is, like, different schools work out deals together. Where it's like, alright, you are now our, like, sister school Mm. for this period of time Mm -hmm. for, like, an exchange of money or something. Yeah, probably an exchange of money. Um, That's how colleges run. Yeah. Because, like, a while, when I was an undergraduate there, we had a lot of Spaniards. Spaniards? Like, people from Spain. From the continental Spain. Well, that's weird to say, because they're both continents now. Yeah. Is it hard... Is it racist to say Spaniard? It's a hard word to use. I, I've always used it to, to, you know, differentiate between European Spanish and... What do, what do we call this side of the world? Uh, American Spanish. Yeah. Well, I mean both North and South American. Yeah, like Central American Spanish. Yeah, and um, Central. That's another America. It's true. Okay, so there's North America. That's Canada and the United States. And Mexico. And Mexico is North America? Mex- Me- Mexico is North America. I thought Mexico was Central America. Central America is literally just a small... As a region of a bunch of different countries. Okay, so what's South America? That whole continent below That's us. That's a lot of South America. Yeah. That's a butt-ton of America. If you think about how many people actually speak Spanish, there's tons. 
Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's definitely a useful language that I don't know. It's the official language of like, I don't know, 30 or so countries. Man, why did I go with French? Because you're French. Nope, not true. Well, a little. I'm French and I went with Spanish. Mmm. Sounded sexier. Yeah, I think French <laughs> sound... I went into French thinking, man, now I can finally enjoy all of my favorite French authors in their native tongue. And then I was like, oh, what a waste of time it is to try to read something in its native tongue. Yeah. It's not a total waste of time, but in my case, it's like, you know, I don't want to read that much Voltaire in French. I don't want to read much Voltaire. Hey, Voltaire's fine. I don't want to read much... Was Jules Verne... Was he French? I don't think so. Never mind, I'd read him. But, uh, Rab- Rabelais was. Uh, nah, no thank you. Gargantuan Pantagruel? It's mm. a fantastic work of comic brilliance. Yeah, but it's in French. He wipes his butt with a swan. Okay. It's pretty funny. And yet you don't like Canterbury Tales. Hey. Which has the world's first written down fart joke. Eh, that's the one good part about it. <laughs> the Miller's Tale is the one good part of the Canterbury Tales. Yes. I'm glad we got that settled. You know, people in ancient times really did think farts were pretty funny. And it's still true today for some reason. You know, that's something that I... Okay. Why are farts gross? I get it. I think they're gross. But is it because society tells me they are? I, it has something to do with a smell. Yeah. I mean, they don't smell great. Yeah. But, like, maybe it's because we have houses now. Because if everyone just farted outside, who would care? Because it wouldn't smell that bad for long. I mean, if you look back at, like, the Middle Ages, people just used to throw their waste out into the street. So everything just kind of smelled like a fart, I guess. Yeah. Man, we live in such better times. See, the Great London Fire was attributed because, like, it it spread so far and fast because the houses were close together. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. But the actuality was the world was just methane, so it's just things ignited. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Is that why they thought when they dropped the first uh, atomic bomb, the entire atmosphere would catch on fire? All the farts. All the farts just trapped up there. Yeah. You know, they, they tell you that there are layers to the atmosphere, you know, mesosphere, stratosphere... Yeah. Endosphere. Sure. Sure. I learned this in geology once. But what they don't tell you is there's a secret lower <laughs> fourth or fifth sphere. The, the fartosphere. Fart- <laughs> fartosphere. That's where the world's farts just conglomerate. And no one tells you about that, but when astronauts leave, they have special procedures when they go through the fartosphere. Like all the windows shut. I, I imagine the windows are open <laughs> when they go. With- <laughs> so wait, when it takes off, it's like, oh, this is a nice breeze. But yeah, then they- when you get close to the fartosphere, they're like... Eh. <laughs> they gotta crank yeah. those windows up. Yep. All right. They want to save on air conditioning. They want to feel the wind in their hair. Well, yeah, and their astronaut hair. <laughs> their astronaut hair. The hair that they put on top of their helmets. <laughs> because otherwise, <laughs> the effect would be wasted. Otherwise, they'd look like aliens. And you don't want to be confused for aliens when you're in space. I can't wait till you meet aliens and they all have hair. That would be amazing. What if aliens look just like us, but prettier? So, like, they're elves? From... Yeah, pretty much. Also, they're immortal. I would feel bad about being born the wrong race. Wait a second. Whoa! I finally figured out what might <laughs> cause us to put our, like, perceived racial differences aside. 
Whoa. Meeting an alien race. If we meet an alien race that's better than us, we'll all come together to hate them. Exactly. Hatred will unify us. Fuck those perfect aliens. It's just like when everyone hates Dr. Manhattan at the end of Dr. Manhattan's Great Adventures. Because he's so pretty. Yes. And he can be naked and no one stops him. It's true. But when Rorschach tries to be naked, everyone stops him. (laughs) Well... He doesn't shower much. True. And all those beans back to farts. Although it all comes back to farts in the end. Heh, <laughs> in the end. <laughs> dumb. That's really dumb. John. Yes. What are we doing? Uh, hopefully not talking about farts anymore. Alright, sounds good to me. Uh, what would you like to talk about? I would like to bring up a segment that was... Oh! Sorry, I get really excited by segments. It's a segment that was submitted to us by a fan. Really? Yeah, a fan sent us a segment. Remember how we asked for segments? Mm Mm-hmm. One did. That's amazing. This comes from First, or One, or X. X, the mystery emailer. One of those. She writes, I know that you're looking for new segments to add to your growing repertoire. Web, web, wait. What's your repertoire? Your web repertoire. Webatar. (laughs) Your webatar. That's like a web abattoir. I don't (laughs) like it. Not to be confused with your web avatar, which you use for chatting and hacking. It's funny because she's going to say something and it's just going to like highlight everything that we're... I also know that you are both clever people. Oh, we're so, <laughs> right. we're very, listen to the, us. And so I feel like you are both good at riddles. What? Yes. Okay, I love a good riddle. While I would love to listen to you ponder your way to the solution, I propose a segment not where you solve riddles. What? But where you poke holes in the logic of the riddles world. Okay. It would be called riddled with holes okay i love it i love it i feel like she really captured our segment voice i I really think so i think so um so she gave us a few to get started the one that i think we could really get sink our teeth into riddles with holes yes riddle that riddle with holes it's it, it just goes what belongs to you but others use it more than you do okay the answer is obviously your skin, but... <laughs> Wait, no, that's a different riddle. Hold up. Others use your skin more than you do? Yeah. How? Oh. What? For a shade. So, what belongs to you, but others use it more than you... What is your definition of use? I, I think... I mean, I uh, I, I kind of went straight to an obvious answer to this one. Mm-hmm. It's your name. Oh. Yeah. That's not necessarily but, true, because I, mean, I wake it's... up and I say my name <laughs> 200 times. As part of your morning ritual? <laughs> yes, I stare at myself directly in the mirror and go, John, 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 for 200 straight attempts, All right. until I get it right on the 200th attempt. It takes you 200 attempts to get your name right? You know, inflection is important. Alright, so maybe that riddle's not... I was going to argue that that's only true if you're only talking in the verbal realm. Mm-hmm. But how many times do you sign your name in a given day? Yeah. A lot, right? 
How many times do you think about your name? Not often. Oh. But, like, no. You use your name. You sign forms. You mm-hmm. sign checks. You have to sign receipts with your 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 your, your credit card, mm-hmm. debit card, what have you. Mm-hmm. You use your name a hell of a lot. And, I mean, is your name being used every time your debit card is being used? Because your name's being put into a system and used. Yeah. It's used to identify you. I think the only person who uses your name more than you do is the government. Because they, they have a special folder for every human alive. That's that's true. And every day it's updated with what you post on your Facebook. It's just kept in the archives at NSA.com. Fund NASA. I wish. That's... So I, I think in that Riddle's world, it's dumb. Yeah. Generally speaking, Riddles are... Uh... Are these representations of really simplified realities? Let me give you a riddle. Or you've got one? I have a riddle. I've got we... three more samples, but if you've got one... I have a real quick riddle. We can riddle with holes. Let's riddle this riddle with holes. What's the only thing you can put in a barrel to make it lighter? Air. A hole is the answer. Also helium. <laughs> Wait, so, okay. A hole. Wait, I... You're riddling... The the answer to the riddle is a hole. Yes, and I'm riddling the riddle about a hole with holes. So I guess if you fill a barrel with air, the barrel will still weigh the same? Yeah. But if you put a hole in the barrel... But also, where is this barrel? Is this barrel on a planet with oxygen? What if the barrel is in the vacuum of space? Uh, then what is light, I How do you guess? weigh things? I guess, okay, so if it's talking about the atomic weight of the barrel. Oh, the atomic weight. Because that's going to be the weight, right? You know, it's density. The mass. The, yeah. That's, that's a different thing entirely. Density and mass are different. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you're talking about mass. I shouldn't have said density. No, but dense. so how do you weigh something in a vacuum? Is that atomic weight? Yeah. How do you, how do you find that? Don't know. Do you carbon date it? Maybe you do like an electron micro what's that thing where you where you run a current through the gas molecules of something. I don't know. That's that's I have no idea. I don't spectrograph? Science. Spec I don't know. Science stuff. What you do is you put it in a bathtub and then you see how much water it displaces. In space? Yes. Space bathtub. Space bathtub. But I guess what if the barrel's on fire? <laughs> but also, isn't this like a... Wait, you can fill the barrel with fire! It'll, light, it'll, it'll make be, it lighter It'll eventually. be so much lighter. It's true. <laughs> You're totally right. I bet if you fill a barrel with lava... Mm-hmm. It'll get much lighter. <laughs> and then heavier. Because yeah. it'll sediment. But isn't this just a linguistic problem because we're saying put in... Yeah. Whereas... Okay, so I spent a long time on a philosophical... An online philosophical dictionary of concepts. A dictionary of philosophical concepts, I should say. That sounds like a riddle in and of itself. And I was reading about holes and what holes mean. You know, we say, put holes in something, but you're actually taking something away. You're not creating anything when a hole is being made. It's a neg- Something is being destroyed. It's a negative creation. It's the only negative creation. Like that one chick says in that Mad Max movie with all the women in it. They call them like anti-seeds. Mm-hmm. Plant a bullet, take a life, you know? Yeah. So you plant, you know, you're making a hole, and but then you're taking away something. Yeah. You know, holes are just like displacing something and putting a, putting a hole in something. It's, yeah. It's something that we don't know how to describe with our voices. I guess you could say make a hole. Make a hole? You but could then, say that. But then people will just 
get out of your way because that's what people yell when make a hole yeah make a hole and we don't want them to start digging or anything no we don't <laughs> i know it's we, we very closely tie holes and creation but it's not doing anything except reorganizing something in a different way but isn't all creation kind of that kind of I mean, if you're painting, you're just reorganizing paint into an image. Well, that's... If you think about the laws of science, isn't there one that's like matter can't be created nor destroyed, only yeah. transformed? Law of thermodynamics, maybe? I thought that was energy. I don't know. Energy can't be created or destroyed either, only transformed. Isn't everything energy? Maybe. Is that share energy? Yeah. Potential energy, because you could burn it, I guess. You could potentially sit in it. That's not creating any energy. But the thing is... At least with the matter thing, uh, we don't really create things. We just transform things into other things. Yeah. And that's the answer to every riddle. So wait, so there's no creation or destruction. Yeah, only transformation. Oh. And in a way that makes life beautiful. But then you have to step back and realize that some of the transformation is just turning things into ash. Yeah, or turning dead things into, like, air or food. Mostly food. It's just, uh, we're just playing Tetris. Wait, no, in Tetris, things disappear. Yeah. We're but... just reorganizing deck shares on the Titanic. Come on. <laughs> oh, so life is a sinking ship. Yeah. And we are but the people who move chairs on entropy. that Entropy. We're entropy? Entropy. Entropy. Yeah. The... It, one of my greatest fears. I, I know what it is. And it's happening. I know. <laughs> and one day there's going to be nothing left. But I don't know how to stop it. Well, you can't. That's what makes it a good fear. That's what makes it entropy. It can be cracked, it can be made, it can be told, it can be played. What is it? A whip. Wait. It can be cracked, it can be made. It can be made. It can be told. It can be told. It can be played. It can be played. What is it? This sounds like a word, like a, a language thing. Yeah. What do we crack? What do we make? You crack eggs. Do we make eggs? Yeah. Do we tell eggs? No. Do we play eggs? No. Oh. Okay, you can crack a... Smile. Wait. You make a smile. Play a smile. No? No. You can crack uh Crack someone's head. But I don't think that's right. No. I don't like this one. It's hard. <laughs> it's taking us longer than 30 seconds. Yeah. So the world of this riddle... Dumb. Oh. Dumb? Yep. Just dumb. I can, we can't figure it out. It's dumb. I mean, we're geniuses, right? So if we can't figure it out, we're not geniuses. Nah, this is gonna eat at you. A safe. You can't play a safe. You play it safe. You can play it safe. Can you tell it safe? It's like you don't tell it dangerously. What is this? I don't know. It can be cracked. It can be made. It can be told. It can be played. There's no answers in the email, by the way. Oh, I thought this was actually the answer that you were saying. No. A secret. Play secrets. <laughs> play secrets. <laughs> Let's play secrets. I mean, she actually says, spoiler alert, I have the answers to none of these riddles. Oh, great. <laughs> you can Good. try to solve them if you want. But knowing you, I think you'd have more fun if you just tore them apart. I mean, I, I think that most riddles, almost all riddles, are just like linguistic puzzles. Pretty much. You know, very few of them actually require... I See, I think the key to a good riddle is something like what we're struggling to deal with now... And not like a verbal trick where it's like, it's like a long story you have to listen to. And then it asks, what do you do first? And the answer is, oh, you open your eyes, dummy. You mm -hmm. But it's like, but it says you wake up. Yep. How do you wake up without opening your eyes? So mm -hmm. it's, it's like, that's a verbal trick. 
not something that can be cleverly applied to a bunch of different verbs. I mean, really good riddles in my mind are just things that you can apply knowledge to and not like, oh, it's just a thing about the language that I've spoken my whole life that I just didn't think about in this one case. Yeah. What's the next riddle? I'm oh. hungry for riddles. Oh, I don't like I don't like the ones that are left. Um well there's this one has what has a head and a tail but no body, but that's a coin, right? Oh. Yeah. Dumb. Well, I mean... The body of the coin is the, the fact... Co- the is coin. the coin itself. The part in the middle. <laughs> if you want to do a really high-stakes coin flip, call body <laughs> and hope that it lands perfectly on its edge. Yep. All right, so here's the one I've been avoiding. Paul's height is six feet. He's an assistant at a butcher's shop and wears a, ni- a size nine shoes. What does he weigh? Oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, he weighs meat. He weighs meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a verbal trick where it's just like, oh, look at all this information. Mm-hmm. And oh, he gave me his height and his shoe. From that, I can calculate his weight. It's like, no, dummy, he weighs meat. No. Because he works at a butcher shop. It's du- Open your eyes. Open your eyes, sheeple. <laughs> that's that's the answer to this riddle. <laughs> open, open your GD eyes. But yeah, I, I, riddles are fun. They're, they can be good. They can be plot devices in Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. What do I have in my pocket? Not a good riddle. Not enough information. <laughs> Speak, friend, and enter. Not a good riddle. Yeah. Not a, not a good riddle. No. Well, I mean... It's, it's just actually a command. It's really just instructions at that point. Yeah. So What if all riddles were just instructions? Wait. What if they are <gasps> left to us by the ancient peoples that came before us? He weighs meat. <laughs> That Paul will be important. He's the figurehead of the new order, and he shall weigh us as meat. As meat. What if there was a door in Lord of the Rings, and they were like, uh, he weighs meat? <laughs> Just opens. And as it opens, like, you know, angelic choirs sing. Yep. He weighs meat. So good. Oh, man. So that was thanks to First X, the mystery writer. Emailer. And, you know, one day we should probably just give her credit and, like, give give away her name. You know, maybe someday in the future, once we have shed the shackles of anonymity yeah. and started talking to our various followers, if you will, <laughs> as if they were people, maybe then we can use their names. Maybe. But until that point, let's go on to another segment. That was a good Riddles with Holes. Holes with Riddles. It's over now. Next is a new segment. It yeah, well, we might revisit that one in the future. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't. It doesn't have to It rhyme. just has to be a riddle. Don't judge me. So, here's my segment. What can be cracked? It's a goodie. What can be made? Uh, you can crack. What can be told? A mistake. (laughs) All right. This next segment (laughs) is called a mistake. No. No. Uh, This next segment may very well be a mistake. All right. What I like to call this segment is it's a goodie. It's one we haven't touched in a while. Oh, it's one that we... It's one we've done before. It's one we've done before. Bringing it back. We're bringing it back? Bringing it back. Fresh and new. Yeah. are Are we on the same page? It shows itself every once in a while. What is it? It's a good old fashioned State of the Human Address. State of the Human Address? Yeah. Whoa, thanks, Natalie. What? She gave us the name. Did she? Yeah, back when she came on our show. That was forever ago. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that. I mean, thanks, Natalie. I mean, yeah. 
So, State of the Human Address, it's our, by far our lightest, breeziest, most fun segment. No, it's the one where we command the human race to change. Yeah, in a, in a bright, listenable, sponsor-friendly way. I kind of have something, but it's really political. That's fine. Alright. So, uh... What we usually do on State of the Human Address is we come up with a good thing the human race is doing, and we come up with a bad thing the human race is doing, and we kind of reconcile the two. Yeah. But this, gloves are coming off. Oh no, it's changing. You don't have to say a good or a bad. We understand that the human race is in trouble right now, and it needs our help. So this... It needs harsh realities... It's not going to be constructive criticism. We're just going to find one thing, good or bad, and then talk about it. This is like the emergency edition. It's yes. just like the human race needs help and it needs to be told right now. They're, they're klaxons going off. Is klaxon a breed of cow? Yes. All right. Cows are singing. Let's let's bring it home. All right. So uh, if you're all right with it, I'll go first. Well, yes, it's your segment. Let's do it. Okay. So here's the thing, human race. Don't L- take mine. Listen up. Don't steal mine. Okay. So this one's a little political. No. But it actually uh, it it deals with something that we do as a human race that we are terribly unaware of. Let's do this. So Hillary Clinton. God damn it! No, no, no. Oh. Okay. Okay, keep going. They can both be about this. All right. Hillary Clinton collapsed at a uh, a 9-11 event on the anniversary of that terrible day. Yeah. And every news outlet is, like, drudging up all these really apocryphal, prurient... Is prurient right? Does prurient only deal with sexual things? I don't know. Puerile... Immature attempts to undermine someone's health from afar. And it's all a part of a thing that we do where we choose to tell ourselves a shitty narrative. Yeah. Because all lives are is like telling yourself a story and, you know, feeding into that story shapes your reality. They they really went after the weirdest conspiracy theories like, oh man... Have you seen? She has a black doctor that goes with her everywhere and like he he injects her with things right before she goes on stage. And it's like, that might be true, but it's no one's business. Yeah, that might be true, but you are framing it in the most, in the craziest way you can because everyone wants to tell themselves, seemingly, these really awful extraordinary stories instead of telling themselves stories about good things that could have happened. Yeah. Like, you don't necessarily have to say, oh, this person collapsed, their health must be terrible. What does that mean? You can focus on other things. You can choose to tell yourself different stories. It's all about perspective, and you can choose your perspective. Like, perception is reality, and you can choose how you perceive things. You don't have to perceive things in this, like, weekly world news garbage cycle. Yeah. You can choose to focus on... On a tiny metal shaving that might have come out of her pant leg pocket. And I say might have. No, they zoomed in and slowed it down. Something does come out of her pant leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, she's not an alien creature. She's not a lizard person. Those don't exist. She, she collapsed. Yeah. It was a health issue. A, a human being collapsed because of a health issue. And... You know, if if you're willing to accept that you can change how you perceive things by changing the narrative that you choose to tell yourself and 
kind of selectively censoring the things people tell you, which is an important part of living on this world, is it's it's not even deluding yourself. It's just shifting gears in a narrative. Yeah. You don't have to say, this person collapsed. What does it mean? What does it mean for this person? And cast a pall over it. You're like, she went to this thing even though she was sick. Which shows dedication. Even though she knew she was really sick and had pneumonia, she went to this thing. And that shows dedication. So maybe focus on that instead of focusing on, oh, she collapsed. What's What sick, twisted medical thing is she going through? Because fuck off if you want to look at the world that way. At this this political cycle like is just... It, it happens every election cycle. These, these stories are spun... And the ways that they're spun for the purposes of the, the private hands that control everything. And so it's like, of course, they spin it in a negative way because they want to paint Hillary in a negative light mm-hmm. to try to, you know, or maybe the other candidate's more healthy. So we want the healthiest candidate, not the one who's going to, like, die or whatever, which is always what I find the dumbest sort of argument. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, anyone can die at any time. Yep. It doesn't matter. Like, Zachary Taylor president for maybe three months Mm -hmm. got sick died of pneumonia he wasn't sick when he was running yep it's you know anyone can get shot but hey uh hillary clinton is too sick to be president say the people who voted for john mccain what happened to john mccain john mccain's real sick is he real sick he was really sick cancer stuff oh i hope he i hope he gets better no he's okay he's okay now but at the time his his health was really bad well i mean i don't would A president who has to go through chemo would probably not make a good president. But I feel like no one spun it that way at the time. No one was like, Ugh, John McCain, look at this sick old fucker. Maybe because it was cancer. I think it's because we're much better at selling ourselves shitty narratives now. Yeah. The, The news outlets have gotten worse. I don't... I don't... Even local news, it's like, it's not worth watching. Yep. If you, if your worldview, like, if pers- your, if we go with perception as reality, and if your perception is just the news, the world is a terrible place we should all not want to be alive. Because mm-hmm. it's just bad story after bad story until the last five minutes when something good happens. I mean, during a time when we, any human being in the United States of America can go and watch a movie about the importance of telling stories to yourself and how it affects your life. Kubo and the Two Strings. Good movie. It's a pretty good movie. Immune to criticism, but it's a good movie. But, like, if we are willing to admit that a children's movie can tell us how important the internalization of narratives is, maybe we should alter how we create narratives for ourselves. Because it is ridiculous how shitty our outlook is right now. Language is super important. The Language way, shapes reality. It does. The, the The things we say, the things we hear, the things we think and internalize shapes everything. It shapes the world. Yeah. So if we can start telling better stories and start spinning things in more positive directions, even if they are bad stories or negative stories, we can at least have a more positive outlook about our life and future. I mean, I'm not in this for some magical thinking bullshit, but, like, if there's a village without water, what's going to do better? A thousand people saying, we can't do anything about this because that's just the way it is, or a thousand people being like, you know, this could turn out all right. Yeah. (laughs) If we tried. Even if these people aren't actively trying, sharing the perception that something could be done about it means that something is way more likely to be done about it. I I don't know if we're going to reach any ears with this message with this state of 
the human address, this particular one, because it is an election cycle and everyone is deaf. Yeah. Election cycles bring up the worst in American politics. Yeah. The, the absolute most heinous behaviors of American politics. And honestly, the American viewing public is just like put on this massive pedestal every time there's a there's an election. It- That kind of ties into what I was going to talk about with my state of the human address, which is also, it concerns the Hillary collapse at at the 9-11 memorial. Because, you know, people, it came out later through a press release, they're going with the story that she has pneumonia. Mm -hmm. Um, And people were going, well, why would she lie about that? Why why would she hide that? Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, watch Veep. Watch The West Wing. Watch anything where someone needs to get ahead of a story before mm-hmm. it's spun in a negative direction. Yep. It is obvious why she tried to hide it. Mm-hmm. Because she coughed. A mere cough sparked an entire 24-hour news cycle where people are talking about, well, is she fit? She coughed. She coughed during a speech. Mm-hmm. Is, is this the end of her campaign? Yep. If that, if so, if a ripple like that caused that much of a wave, you're, you, you don't want to admit you're sick as a presidential candidate. I mean, you have uh, you have this obligation to get in front of stories if you can, but if she coughs and that turns into, is she fit? She can no longer admit to having pneumonia. Yeah. Because uh, Dave Letterman, I believe. Okay. And this might be apocryphal to the point of being, like, slanderous. Mm. I believe that Dave Letterman had an affair with... Uh, with a staffer. And was being blackmailed. Yes. The uh, night after he was given the blackmail letter, he went on air and said every single thing about it. Yep. He got ahead of it as fast as humanly possible. I think And he... that is the only time you can do that immediately. I think he even, like, brought his wife up. Yep. And, like, yeah, and it was just like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm... <laughs> Which is like, yes... Personally, it's shitty, and, like, you're gonna go through some shit, but it's like, you did the thing. Yeah. Accept the consequence, and, like, you're taking so much power away mm-hmm. from anyone else who can start telling the story first. But it's amazing to see something like that happen, because it's not in human nature to beat a story. Yeah. Because if if Hillary had coughed, and then the news cycle started to spin up, and she was like, okay, everybody, I have pneumonia, don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that when you have a hundred or a thousand people whispering in your ear being like, oh, you can't, you can't seem weak, you can't... Because no human being is going to tell you to get in front of a story, yeah. because getting in front of a story opens you up and makes you vulnerable in a way that no one's open to. Or comfortable with, especially yeah. when you're doing something as big as running for president, it seems like we have to be invincible. But I, I would want to, I don't know, elect a human being mm-hmm. instead of a lizard person, yeah. which both candidates are. Yep. I guess the thing, the, the the message I want people to carry away from my se- part of this segment is use common sense. Don't ask dumb questions like, what? Why would she lie? Why would a presidential candidate lie? Mm-hmm. But no, why? Here's the, here's the question, Henry. What? I mean, why would a god lie to me? A god? Why would someone who's clearly not a human being lie? Because they want the best for me, I guess. Oh, okay. That That's this... It, it all comes down to, like, idolatry. You know, this this celebrity-obsessed world that we live in where we're like, these people aren't like us, so we can judge them a thousand times harder than we can judge ourselves. Never will the things that we apply to ourselves apply to someone in the spotlight. Yeah. Ever. Sucks. 
It's just, I don't know. I, I'm really sick and tired of the media. You know, the, the elections can be bad, but the media is what makes them a hellscape. Because mm-hmm. it's just like everyone's in everyone's pocket. Everyone's spinning things in dumb ways. And it's just like, just report the goddamn news. They can't. Because the the existence of news, almost since its inception, is just a tool to spin the narrative that people can tell themselves. It's it's a concentrated effort to alter reality. And, and you know, that that's why it's like, it would be cool if things like Twitter, because it has been known to happen where, like, a big event happens, so, like, but God forbid the Boston bombing happened. But like Twitter was the fastest sort of like news thing about you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is you you were getting hundreds of different people giving their individual perspectives, so you could form a narrative. Mm-hmm. So it's like that would be great if we could use something like Twitter to get like a full picture thing. The only problem is people on Twitter have their own agenda. Yep. So it's like Hillary collapses. It's like, oh, man, Hillary's coughing up blood. Yep. But then, you know, the other side hopefully would balance it out. Like, all right, Hillary felt a little faint and had to to leave early. Like, essentially, no accountability does make for interesting and difficult news. But, I mean, that's the thing about Twitter that you can trust sometimes is during everything that happened in Detroit, the stuff that happened in Baton Rouge. What the news that you can trust that comes out of Twitter and the news that you can trust pretty much anywhere is the news that comes at personal cost to those reporting it. Yeah. If people are losing something or risking something by reporting, you can believe it because they're putting something on the line to tell you the truth. What I don't want to happen is the news should never report a tweet. No, never. And that's what I liked. I really enjoyed this. uh, The newsroom tackles this a lot in like the second and third season where it's like new media was popping up and like but the 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 people who are running the newsroom i you know the that show uh the show within the show the news show within the newsroom show mm-hmm. this is confusing i get i get you though <laughs> um they were like they, they were still like we need a, fir- a primary source and a secondary source like they were still doing the due diligence mm-hmm. and they were still only reporting when they had facts. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, as good as it is to get a general impression, still not facts unless it's like it's from whoever's involved their personal Twitter account. This came up on uh, that first episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. When uh, the, the Prime Minister, during the whole pig thing in yeah. that first episode, he was like, okay, no matter what, we just have to stop mainstream news from reporting on it. And they're like, it's been retweeted one and a half million times. Yeah. There's no stopping it for whatever it is. Like, you can't stop it once it happens. The internet machine is dangerous. You cannot get a picture deleted. Yep. And you cannot get news revoked. Dangerous and extremely useful. Yeah, at the same time. So, uh, yeah. Watch the narratives you tell yourself. Be aware that your life is a story that you tell yourself, and you should self-select. If you think that people are selling you uh, Jim Crack and Bunkum, don't listen to it. Yep. Use common sense. Suss out what the real facts are, and don't listen to bullshit. And with that state of the human address, we might have to uh, call it a break. Call what a break? Give me a break. He's got all that BoJack Horseman money. Back in the 90s, I was on a very famous sponsor list. Let's do this. Mid-roll, mid-roll, mid-roll Is this rolling? That's this... on because you want to start now. I'm going to make a drawing. Boom, boom. And then you take a picture of it and post it on our Twitter.
What? Because it's a drawing and people respond really well to pictures. I'm through this. That's gonna come, make all the likes. The official mascot of Zero Credits. They made it better. It's like a mouse or a bear or something. Perfect. Bojack. His name's Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Copyright infringement Horseman. <laughs> We've had to change our mascot name to DC. What is it? DMCA? DMCA Horseman. DMCA Horseman. They let us keep Horseman for some reason. To be fair, DMCA Horseman is a really good name of a judge. Let's do this! The something something of ignorance. Birdman. Oh, and the blissful gun in your the blissful (laughs) the blissful gun in your face (laughs) the blissful shooting off your nose of ignorance um what's his next movie gonna be what iratu what's his name yeah inyaritu yeah I don't know it's gonna be (laughs) so he's made two movies right what if it turns out like he's a two movie like pony and that's it (laughs) that's all he can make the next movie is like Alright, it's this guy in this play, and he dies. <laughs> but then he doesn't die. And then he comes back, and he hunts down the person who killed his son. And then and then afterwards, he just looks up, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> he looks up, and he sees a comet, and the comet has Emma Stone's face, and she's looking down. And it's all, it's all natural lighting. <laughs> yes. And it all happens indoors. Especially so you, the you, comet. You can't see anything. It's all natural lighting, all one take, covered in mirrors. Hey, Henry. Oh, John, hi. I'm here today to talk to you about recycling. Recycling? Yeah, fuck it. Fuck recycling? Fuck recycling. But, John, all the benefits of recycling are good. But it's important to save the planet, right? Yeah. You know what's difficult to do? What? Save the planet when the person you buy recycling from doesn't pick up your recycling bin ever. No matter how many times you call them, or text them, or show up at their house, they never take your recycling. So wait, you're paying for a service, a recycling service, and that you're not receiving said service? Yep, not at all. That's grounds for a sue. That just never happens. Lawsuit. That, the, the recycling bin has been sitting out there for like three weeks. The only problem with suing them is there's a lot of paperwork involved, and paper's made from trees, and trees are the planet, and you're going to destroy the planet to get your recycling picked up. So it, I can't do it. It's a zero-sum game. Yeah, it's a catch-22. It's a net zero. It's a... Fahrenheit 451. It's an RC Cola. It's an RC Cola. Uh, yeah, man, I can't, I can't believe it. Why would you do that? Why, Why would, would you not pick up my recycling? You have one job to recycle, and you don't do it. It, it kind of sounds like you're mad at me. Did I? <laughs> Did I no, agree to pick up your recycling? I'm just saying, I don't understand why you why you wouldn't do that. Why you wouldn't pick up... You have one job yeah. that I pay you to do, and you're not picking up my recycling. A- again, it sounds like you're mad at me. Did I sign a contract? No, I'm just saying that I'm mad that you just won't pick up my recycling. <laughs> you keep saying you, and I'm confused. No, Am it's, I supposed to it's, pick up It's the royal you. So if the you, Queen of England? If you if you just get off your ass and pick up my recycling and get on saving the planet, maybe we could get somewhere as a species. Oh, I don't know. I get it. You want to recycle, but you don't want to go out of your way to do the recycling. No! That's hard. <laughs> so <laughs> you're too lazy. <laughs> oh, it's funny. You, you you want to pay for someone else to pick up your recycling. You yeah. want to recycle, but you're too lazy to actually like bring it yourself. Yeah, I want to save the planet, but I don't want to inconvenience myself. That's funny. Why can't we do that? 
Uh, because people be jerks, yo. Oh, burn it all down. Everyone recycle! No one recycle! Everyone recycle! Everyone recycle. Or, everyone put your bin out and hopefully the one guy whose job it is will get off his ass and get you the bin from you to the plant. Call to action statement. Take your bin and tape a piece of paper in the bottom that says, Take John's bin! You lazy asshole. And then when they take all the recycling out, it's like how you leave like a love note at the bottom of a box of chocolates, except in this case, it's a box of dry recyclables. You know, here's another thing about the person who takes my recycling. What? Wants us to clean all the things first, because this person doesn't want to touch dirty recycling. What? It's going to be cleaned anyway. I don't want to waste the water to wash out all my cat food tins. You got, you got to, you got to conserve water. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to waste all that water. I'm sure the recycling machine kills all the germs. Yeah, grow up. Grow up, man. Grow up, recycling person. I hope he I'm listens. on to you. I hope he listens to our podcast and he hears this and he feels bad. Yeah, I hope he does it. Yeah, I hope he picks up. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, Steve. His name might be Steve. I don't know. Bienvenidos. And welcome to Zero Credits again for a second time. It's the second half of the first show that you played about 30 minutes ago. You might remember we had such segments such as Riddled with Holes. And State of the Human Adjust. And now we have many more segments. Yes, we do. Such as this first segment. Which we will name now live on air. Okay. Uh, who wasn't wasn't ready for this. Okay. Neither, neither was I. So, you know, uh, we want to be a- accountable. Yeah. We want to tear away the shroud of anonymity. You're right. We want you to know that we appreciate you. And so, to that end, we are going to honor you for appreciating us in the greatest way possible, which is following us on Twitter. That is the greatest way you can honor us. And we're just going to give some selective shout-outs to a few of our loyal followers. So this segment is called... Follow us! Nope. Wait. Okay, let's think about it again. Alright. Okay. Follow Follow me me once! Shame on me! Follow me twice! You get a shout-out! Alright, so yeah, this is... Follow me once, shame on me. Follow me twice, you get a shout out. There you go. That's the name of the segment, and uh, it's not convoluted or too long at all. Not not whatsoever. Okay. We just have to anachronize it. Anachronize it. Exactly. Uh, should we go, like, in terms of oldest followers first? Yeah, I feel like they've been waiting for this moment for a while. Alright, so this, this first shout out goes out. Oh, wait. This is just a person's name. Can we do can we do that? Can I just like Well, I mean kind of. I mean, it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. And I mean, he's a published author. If they just looked at our followers, they'd see him. Clearly he wants his name to be out there. It, uh, sure. He's got he's got a good a little bit of followers. He last tweeted about a month ago. All right. Oh, he's got a website. Ooh, is it good? It's his name. <laughs> Clearly, he's okay with his name being on the internet. Alright, so this shout-out, this first shout-out, goes out to our oldest follower, Andrew Greedis. Andrew Greedis. He is a writer, and also a teacher, and also a student. 
according to his bio. Oh, can you be all three things? That seems like an evolutionary path. It's like he's one third of each. Okay. He's like one third writer, one third teacher, one third student. And 0.01% wild card. Yeah. He's, he's not really, uh, there's no human in there. He's just those things. Those things, no human. Um, and he actually, he wrote a book that I want to plug for him. Ooh. It's called How to Dispose of Dead Elephants. Uh, he wrote it. Did he? Uh, oh, I'm actually, I'm looking at it right now and it, it checks out. Yeah, let's, let's read the copyright information. Um, it was, yeah, it was first published in Great Britain and the U.S. in 2014 by Sam St- Stone Press Limited. Great Britain? Yeah. It's hard to get published there. Uh, I think it was actually published there first. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a feather in the old cap. Yeah. Because uh, he technically sent it to, a, like, a press in Scotland, and uh, they picked it up, and then they, they did the rounds with it. That's maybe the coolest way to get published. Get published in a country that speaks your language but is not your home. Yep. So, how to dispose of dead elephants. What What is this book about? Uh, it, uh, it's an instructional guide. Right. And uh, I think that that about covers it. Or we could read the blurb on the back. I'm about to do it. I'm about to do it. As a writer, how do you feel about the word blurb? I think there's no better word for it, really. Blurb. It's like, it's, the back of the book is like, what, the the abstract of the book? Yeah. That sounds dumb. Mm -hmm. It's a blurb. I've known people who hate the word blurb. Oh, really? But let them know the blurb. It depends what you mean by blurb. Is blurb like what other writers write about your work or is it the synopsis i've always considered the blurb to be you know what the publisher or the writer decides to like you know write a synopsis of the book in like four or five sentences on the back or on like the front cover well let's do the blurb let's do the blurb everybody's heard about the blurb 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 is the blurb that's that's this segment where we read blurbs stub maracas one of those 20-year-olds who indefinitely occupies his parents' attic awakes one morning with the insatiable urge to doodle over Aesop's fables. Aided by his best friend Mark Connor, a swashbuckling Korean adoptee, the two set out to find the meaning behind this sudden craving, embarking on a journey that will force the two friends to come to grips with not only Stubbs returning epilepsy and Mark's unknown origins, but also the failing health of their childhood guru, an old Greek trickster called Papau. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. It's got, it's got all the, the makings of a great novel, epilepsy, <laughs> swashbuckling, failing health, adventure. Uh, ethnic cast. Presumably elephants. Yeah. Uh, the, the title comes in, because part of his epilepsy is uh, these weird little brief kind of waking dream hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And he's got this Philip, this this figure of Alexander the Great that's comforted him as a child, because Alexander the Great, I don't know if you know this, suffered from epilepsy. Oh, so it's just like, look, you, you this doesn't, it's not a weakness or you whatever. You can still be great. Yeah. Uh, but so he still has his figure as a twenty-something, and uh, it comes alive and starts talking to him. Oh, during one of these waking dream hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And he's just ruminating on Alexander the Great, and he's just like, because he used war elephants and such. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, nobody tells you how to get rid of dead elephants. Oh. And that's like a metaphor with nobody tells you how to live with epilepsy and mm-hmm. these weird, this weird thing I'm going through. Uh, the book sounds really interesting. It's it's a good read. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be glad to give it a read sometime. 
I'll let you borrow it. Ooh. Or if you're a reader, I mean a listener, one of our listeners. One of our readers. Uh, you can get his, you can get his book off Amazon. Yeah. A published author. Yeah. Andrew Greedis. So, uh, can you get that in Kindle version? I have no idea. Get it. You know, get a physical copy. Yeah. Um, I know he, if you're in town, he sells them at T-Bones, but... Uh, I, I, but otherwise, otherwise, buy it off, buy Amazon. It off Amazon. <laughs> buy it on Amazon. All right. Who else is on our list? Oh, this guy doesn't have any details <laughs> listed about him. Good. Just list his name. Uh, a shout out to Mike Kimmons. Mike Kimmons? Yeah. Um, he looks like an attractive sort. Uh, he looks like a bunch of chairs. Oh, well, then certainly. I, he, it looks like he follows a bunch of podcasts. He retweets a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, back in March and April. He hasn't retweeted anything since April. But he likes Radio Lab. Moving on! Alright, a shout out. Well, what else should we do? Uh. Who, who else on this list? Uh. Maybe more a more recent one. Yeah, a lot of podcasts follow us that we haven't listened to. Yeah, I don't want to endorse anyone we haven't personally checked out first. However, we've checked out this man as far as we could. Which is about five minutes. Uh, his name is Dave Weasel. Dave Weasel. And- uh, he's a writer, a comedian, and a Canadian. The triple threat. Yeah. And uh, he's verified. He's ver. Oh. He's got a verification check. We need one of those. Yeah. How do we do that? Uh, move to Los Angeles, California. Nice. Uh, so... But he's Canadian. Also, not capitalizing the C in Canadian shows that he has a healthy amount of disrespect for Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I looked at a few of his tweets. Seems like a pretty funny guy. I'm trying to find one that... Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. Generation X. 40 is the new 20. Millennials, screw you, mom and dad. As soon as I'm 40, I'm out of here. Oh! No, no, I get it. It's funny! Yeah! <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's, actually, that's, re- that's actually really funny. Because <laughs> he's like, all these Generation Xers are like, yeah, I'm 40, but I'm still a kid. I'm still young. <laughs> and so the Millennials are like, yeah, that means we, we get to hang on until we're 40. I, I like that. Oh, all right, Dave. All right. All right. You get a pass. I see you, as they say now for some reason. <laughs> I see you, Dave. Dave Weasel. Dave Weasel. Follow him on Twitter if you want to follow the people who follow us. Who watches the Watchers? Uh, I guess them now. We need more fans. <laughs> no, we don't. Should we? Yeah. All right. Wait, should we? What's up? Should should we? I mean, why not? Should we? No. All right. Uh, shout out to Eric, of course. Yes. You know who you are. We debated just now about saying your real name. Sided against it. Yep. So, shout out to you, though. Shout out to you, Eric. Keep doing your your thing. Eventually, we're going to blow up the spot and everybody's going to know who everybody is. Yeah. No one's safe. No one is safe. Not even us. Not even me, with our, John. With our mysteriously withheld last names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry, when we get famous, then we'll let people know. Oh, I want to be famous. I want to be... F- oh, we're also followed by Kumail Nanjiani. No, we're following Kumail Nanjiani. Okay, let's let's swap it around. Give a few uh, shout-outs to the people we follow on Twitter. Alright, well, there's Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, a classic man who is... And funny. He's in Silicon Valley, Portlandia, mm-hmm. Adventure Time, mm-hmm. The Meltdown with Jana and Kumail. And maybe if we follow in his footsteps, we'll become that famous. The Indoor Kids. Yes. The X-Files. Files. Also, 
That's his podcast. The X-Files Files. The X-Files Files. Yeah. It is a podcast called, called The, the X-Files, X-Files Files. It's really good. Where he talks about The X-Files. Maybe we're blowing it up with shoutouts. He's also an activist. Oh. It's just it's tacked on at the end there. Okay. Uh, funny story about Kamal. Mm-hmm. The first day of his of his arrival in this country was Thanksgiving Day in New York City. Oh. <laughs> That's going to be the most extreme social contrast in the world so yeah he, he's like walking around and they catch a little bit of the parade and he, uh, he's, he's done this bit on like talk shows and stuff and he says like wow this is great every day is like this <laughs> they just they they have so much time to just walk around with balloons mm-hmm. this is amazing <laughs> and then since then, it's just all been downhill. Yeah, I can imagine. And then every every day, it's just oh, people just live in offices. <laughs> Bummer, pretty much. But and if you want a shout out of that quality, where we relate a personal anecdote about your life, just hope you get followed by us on Twitter. Yeah, or you could follow us. If you follow us, we will give you a shout out and maybe plug something of yours if we think it's worth it. Speaking of things to shout out, Eric wrote to us. Yes. I didn't realize this until today, but at ZCPCWHJ has been podcasting for 32 weeks now. 32 solid weeks. That's insane. Keep doing the good work, guys. Hashtag podcast. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Also, that's crazy. 32 weeks. Yeah, this is our 33rd episode. More than two weeks. More than what? (laughs) More than half a year. More than half a year. Oh, I'm fading. Yeah, more than half a year we've been doing this. And look at all it's fucking gotten us. I mean, I've had fun. Oh yeah, it's a ton of fun. I really, honestly, like the the times that we talk to our listeners makes me really happy. Okay, here here might be a question to ponder for these last few minutes. Mm -hmm. What do you want to get out of this podcast, John? Uh, what do I want to get out of this podcast? Yeah, you personally. Like, what, what, what what do you hope to get out? or give others i guess um what i hope to give others is weirdly in a way i kind of want people to feel comfortable not knowing what they're talking about okay i i like the idea that we talk a lot of shit about things that we don't fully understand and i don't think there should be any shame in that i think i think to add on to that yes exactly like there shouldn't be any shame to that but also get comfortable but don't get complacent you know, mm-hmm. if you find that you are talking about something you don't know frequently, do research. Mm-hmm. Look it up. I, I hope we inspire you in our mostly correct, sometimes incorrect ramblings that, uh,. You look things up and learn for yourselves. I mean, I feel like the greatest gift I could give to any listener is if I say something and they're like, that doesn't sound right, and then they look it up and they learn something, I've done my job. Yeah. And I mean, something I definitely want to be a part of this podcast is people openly criticizing and correcting us, because we do not know what we're talking about. I Yeah. I mean, the, we named it... Zero credits. We've explained that so many times. I don't need to explain it again. But yeah, I mean, it's just... We're here to be your easy target. Yep. And to that end, get in contact with us. Yeah, correct us. Eviscerate us. 
tear us like we we riddled holes into riddles yeah riddle holes into us yeah riddle us with holes give us some of that negative creation yeah negative creation or displace our energy and place it into correct forms yeah and you can do that by getting in contact with us via email as x the mystery listener and many before her have at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com you, you had me i was in suspense for a second i decided to add a little american radio dramatic pause there that was good i think they'll really tune into that you know what else you could do they could probably follow us on the twitter and then tweet at us dm us pm us or whatever you want to do i don't know how twitter works and if you follow us on twitter maybe we'll talk about you maybe we'll uh sell you a couple uh sweet copies of that book just for a little kickback (laughs) (laughs) just for a little kickback in the form of a follow that's right follow us we will probably follow you back we'll talk talk to us mm-hmm. we're we're not famous we'll talk to you and it might be worth it to uh tell them where they can follow us on twitter you're right at zcpcwhj that's zero credits podcast with henry john that's what it stands for zcpcwhj uh once again is what it is in case you didn't get that first time one more time zcpcwhj zero credits podcast with henry john classic radio commercial strategy saying the thing three times if you deny our twitter handle three times a crow paul saul Rawl. and john yeah john what is it john did you happen in the past week did you happen to to get did you happen to make a facebook page did Paul deny Jesus' name three times and then Judas betrayed him for 33 pieces of silver? Or did Paul deny Jesus' name 33 th- times and Judas betrayed him for three pieces of silver? The former. Okay. Because yeah. denying someone's name 33 times would be really time-consuming. And it's also like you will deny me three times. Is it, did he mean his name? No. You didn't. No. Make, you didn't make a Facebook page. No. You didn't. No. All right. Well, are you going to hit me? No. You're denying me 33 times. No. That, you're setting this, you set that up? Nope. Wait, when do I get my three pieces of silver? Nah. So you're, you're really going to do this 33 times? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, when are you going to stop? Nope. I didn't ask, are you going to stop? No, you didn't. You're right. I didn't. John, just get get the rest over with. Nope. Okay. Uh, Will you make a Facebook page? Nope. (laughs) Will you not make a Facebook page next week? No. Yes. What? No. Is that still a denial? Nope. (laughs) Shut up. Nuh-uh. John, this bit... Is dumb. It isn't. It's a denial. Yes. No, it isn't. <laughs> what are you on? Not this many. That's his times two. Oh, all right. We got we got thirteen more to go. No, we don't. Nope. No, we don't. We got twelve more. No, we don't. These aren't counting. <laughs> I thought I could speed it nope, up. Nope. 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 No. Nope. 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 You gotta earn these last three. John. Nah, that's not my name. Jonathan. Still not my name. John <laughs> Still not my name. That's it. That was it. That was 33 nopes. 33 nopes. So, now that we got that, whatever it was over with, are you gonna make a Facebook next week? Sure. Alright.
John's going to make a Facebook next week. All right. And uh, we'll see you on the flip next time. Flop on the flip time. Always remember to do your taxes. Always remember to drink your milk. Stay in taxes and don't do milk. Later. I've been Henry. I've been John. Bye. Bye. Ha, ruined your clap. God damn it.